TII item 220, April 13th, 2012. This pebble just might kickstart something. Welcome to Today in iPhone. Yeah, I like it a lot. Today in iPhone. Hey, Gullet! Oh, yeah. My beautiful iPhone, which I never have out of my hand and that I do everything with and has become an extension of whom I am. Today's episode is brought to you by Hover. Please visit tii.hover.com. That's tii.hover.com to get 10% off your domain name registrations. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Rob, and this is the Today in iOS podcast. First up, I want to thank Karen for sending in the artwork for today's show. Karen wrote, Hi, Rob. I found that I could import coloring book pages and use Sketchbook Pro as it has a lot of fun brushes like the feathery one. Hope you can use it for the show. Regards, Karen H. in Seattle. Well, Karen, thanks again for sending in this artwork. Folks, you can see Karen's artwork in the TII app in the extras for episode 220, or if you subscribe via iTunes as the album artwork, and also as a standalone post in the VIP section, and I'll try to get it up on Google Plus and Facebook as well. If you have some artwork and or music you have created on your iOS device and would like to share it with the audience, please email to todayinios at gmail.com and make sure to include which app or apps you use to create said artwork and or music. In this segment of How Wrong Were They, we have the following quote. Quote, The following are three reasons the new iPad will be dead on arrival. DOA. One, new iPad cannot compete with the Kindle Fire and BlackBerry Playbook. Two, new iPad is thicker and heavier. Three, new iPad nearly identical to iPad 2. Unquote. Michael Lee, The Gadget Masters, 11th of March, 2012. Hmm... Well, if 3 mil iPads sold the first weekend as DOA, then I guess Mr. Lee was correct. But really, what can you expect from someone that calls themselves a gadget master? Why not just call yourself a gadget coach and get it over with? Just saying. Into the promo code section we go, and this week we have promo codes for a few apps. And the first app is called Steam Cannon HD. Let's play the comments from the dev. Hello TII listeners, this is Marissa from Pocket Games for me, and I would like to tell you about our latest game for the iPad, Steam Cannon HD. This is another in our series of steampunk-themed games, and in this chapter your goal is to shoot cannonballs into the target basket in as few tries as possible. There are almost 100 levels to beat, so you will be playing for quite a while. Free promo codes for the first 10 to respond. Thanks for listening. Thanks, Marissa, for sending those promo codes in. And again, that app is Steam Cannon HD. Folks, if you would like a chance for a promo code for this app, send an email to todayinios at gmail.com and put Steam in the subject line. I'll be giving these away sometime next week. And actually, I will randomly select 10 winners. So it is not the first 10 that reply, but just send it in sometime Around the next episode, between uh, episode 221 222, I will pull the 10 winners. The second app we have promo codes for is the app Trism Touch. Let's play the comments from the dev. Hi, Rob. This is Andy Blakesley, the founder of the Trism Puzzle Company and developer of the Trism Touch apps. Trism puzzles are the mind blowing logic puzzle for those that think differently. Using the same basic rules as the popular number placing logic puzzle Sudoku, 
Trism puzzles add a unique and challenging twist by using colorful triangles instead of a black and white grid. With a beautiful and intuitive interface and five levels ranging from easy to downright evil, improving your brain has never been so much fun. Trism Touch Pocket Edition allows you to put the evolution of Sudoku in your pocket and is now available worldwide in the Apple App Store for just 99 cents. For those of you with iPads, the original Trism Touch Sudoku Evolved app is available for $2.99 and is a universal app that is tailored for the iPad but also has the Pocket Edition built in. Follow us on Twitter or become a fan on Facebook. Trism Touch is spelled T-R-I-Z-M-T-O-U-C-H. Remember, while there are many Sudoku apps to choose from, there's only one Trism Puzzle app. Antti, thanks for sending in the promo codes for your app. Folks, if you would like a chance for a promo code for this app, send an email to todayinios at gmail.com and put either Trism Touch in the subject line if you just have an iPhone or an iPod Touch or Trism Touch Uni if you have the iPad, if you want the iPad version. The third app we have promo codes for this week is the app My Network Assistant. Let's play the comments from the dev. Hi, I'm Chris DeBrody, the developer of My Network Assistant. My Network Assistant contains of several utilities all in one app, such as a subnet calculator, a decimal to binary calculator, a download calculator, and some how-to videos to bring up the ultimate networking person within you. My Network Assistant is a dollar on the iTunes App Store, and I've included five promo codes for Rob the Giveaway. Thanks, Rob, for all you do, and check out My Network Assistant in the iTunes App Store. Thanks. Thanks, Chris, for sending in those promo codes, and Chris is a longtime listener of the show. Folks, if you would like a chance for a promo code for this app, send an email to todayinios at gmail.com and put assistant in the subject line. Please just send in just one email for one of the three apps I mentioned, but not for two or three of the apps and not two or three emails, just one email, one app. If you send in multiple emails or mention multiple apps in an email, no soup for you. As always, if you are an app developer, email me if you want your app featured in the promo giveaway segment. There is never a charge for you, the dev. We just need the five promo codes or more to give away. Simply email me at todayinios at gmail.com and please include a 60-second or less audio review of your app, indicating in that review you are the dev. And today, we actually have one extra special promo code offering, but it's not for an app. It's for an accessory. This one comes from the folks at Leviton. Here is their review of their accessory. Let me play this right now. Hi, Rob. My name is Grant Sullivan, and I'm on the team that developed a new accessory for the iPhone. It's called the Mobile Device Station. It's a wall-mounted cradle that attaches to a wall plate, creating a safe place for your mobile device. Because you can install it next to a power outlet, it provides a great place to put your device while it's charging and keeps your phone safe and easy to find. There's even space to wind your charging cable around, which keeps little hands from pulling your phone off the wall. It's designed to allow full access to the touchscreen on your mobile device. This is great because then you can continue to select music on it. You can use it to send video to like an Apple TV using AirPlay. Or even, of course, use it to control the TII app. It's great use for it. It comes in three colors, white, light almond, and black. We have it available today, $16.00 at mobiledevicestation.com. Thanks, Rob. Grant, thanks for sending in the promo codes and the review. And like I said, this is a special one. They send in promo codes that you can use on a special page on their site to get uh, the accessories sent to you. Brilliant! No need for them to ship to me and then me send it out to you because I'm real lazy and I hate those kind of things. 
I like what they're doing here. So, hey, any other accessory makers, this is a good one to look at as an idea for what you guys can do to help send out accessories as giveaways. Just, just a hint for other people out there. Anyway, if you would like a shot at this accessory and you are in the U.S., send an email to me at todayinios at gmail.com and put mobile device station in the subject line. Yes, you can send in one email for an app promo code and then that was previously mentioned and then a second email today for this accessory. So you can do two things today and you'll still get soup. Anyway, again, put mobile device station in the subject line. Send that to todayinios at gmail.com. And Grant, thanks again for sending in the promo codes for this accessory. Just some quick news and notes on me before we get into the show. Again, a reminder, I will be at NAB show, that's the National Association of Broadcasters show, in Las Vegas, Monday the 16th through Wednesday the 18th of April, which is next week when from when this was recorded. As such, the next episode will be late next week, probably uh, late Friday evening next week. Again, if you are exhibiting at NAB or attending, please let me know. Always like meeting up with listeners. And of course, if you're exhibiting, would love to see what you are exhibiting about. For those in the New York area, or any area really, that, and you're interested in learning more about blogging or podcasting or new media, I will also be at the Blog World Expo in New York City, June 5th through the 7th. I will be speaking at the expo for three different tracks, one on June 5th about doing interviews, and then two on June 6th about podcasting on the business side, monetization, and the future of it. So go to blogworldexpo.com to learn more. And of course, if you're going, please let me know. And now into the news. I recently said on the show I was going to take AT&T to small claims court because they would not unlock my old iPhone 4. Well, that threat seems to have made its way to the top of AT&T, and now they have announced a new policy. As of April 8th, AT&T will unlock your old iPhones that have fulfilled their contractual obligations, and of course you are still in good standing with AT&T. See the type of power I wield on this show? Okay, maybe not, but still a pretty strange coincidence, don't you think? So if you have an old iPhone sitting around acting like a glorified iPod Touch, and you plan to travel overseas, best to get it unlocked now. Or if you want to, say, give it to your wife for use on T-Mobile. You can now do that as well. So here is my personal experience trying, we'll put trying in quotes there, to get my iPhone 4 unlocked from AT&T. First thing I did was to start exactly at 12 p.m. on the process. I opened up my old iPhone 4 and went to the settings app and then to general and then about and located the IMEI number, which you will need to supply to AT&T. Next, on my active iPhone 4S, I dialed 611. It asked if I was calling about my current cell phone number. I said yes or pressed one, one of the two. Next, uh, the options that were given, I chose zero, and that's to talk to a rep. A nice woman by the name of Vicky answered the phone. I told her why I was calling and confirmed who I was, giving the last four of my social security number. I then gave her my IMEI number. And she confirmed that the phone had been on the account. From that point on, things did not go well with Vicky. She clearly had never processed one of these requests before. I could hear her reading the instructions on what to do. Uh, then she kept repeating, the system said that the phone is coming back as not eligible to be unlocked. 
I was put on mute, then on hold. Finally, after about 20 minutes with her, she came back and said my iPhone 4 was not eligible as it had not fulfilled the full two years of the original contract, even though I assured her it had fulfilled the contract when I updated to the iPhone 4S per when AT&T told me I could update back in mid-November. She said she could not do anything and was transferring me to Apple. I then was sent to Apple's automated customer service system. I told the system why I was calling. It then asked me some questions, including what the serial number of the phone was. I gave it the serial number, and the Apple system informed me that I needed to pay $29.95 as that phone was not covered by AppleCare if I wanted to talk to a human. Luckily, I remembered how to defeat these systems. Tell it something crazy. I said things like, the rhino is swimming in my driveway, and then a vest because ice cream has no bones. After a few of these crazy responses, Apple's system said, I do not understand, and transferred me to a human. Just a trick to use if you ever get stuck in one of these computer AI systems. Nonsense type responses, it breaks them, uh, and they default to humans out of fear that they might actually be losing a legit customer. So anyway, if you ever want to get around one of those AI systems, just say something totally crazy that makes absolutely no sense, and then the system usually will default you to a human. Anyway, don't let them send you to Apple. That's not me saying it. It is the very nice and knowledgeable person from Apple that did pick up the phone. He said that Apple can't do anything, and he had AT&T try that with him when he went to get his iPhone 4 unlocked earlier this week. And yes, he confirmed as long as you upgraded uh, to the iPhone 4S uh, per your when your update date was supposed to be and are on a valid plan now and in good standing uh, with your iPhone, um, with AT&T, your iPhone 4 is eligible for the unlock. He also said to make sure you jail, if you are jailbroken, um, that you need to upgrade to iOS 5.1 before going to do the unlock when Apple does send you the email. So in other words, you're going to wipe out that jailbreak. But we're getting ahead of ourselves. Okay, at this point, it's now 12.34 p.m., so 34 minutes into this process. You're probably thinking, hey, it should be later than that, the way you're rambling on. Shame on you for thinking that. Okay, so back to AT&T I go. Uh, this time I call the 1-800-331-0500 number. That's the customer service number, and I get a nice and helpful lady by the name of Brittany S. I explain to her what I'm trying to do. She apologizes her system is running slow, but proceeds to take my IMEI number after confirming I am who I say I am. While on speakerphone with Brittany and waiting for her system to respond, my wife breaks into my office and says something a wife would only, I hope, say to a husband, not realizing I was actually on the phone. Embarrassment ensues when my wife then realizes I am on the phone. Brittany finally comes back with the news that my phone will be resolved, i.e. unlocked, by April 20th, and she gives me a case number in case I don't hear back by the 20th. She asks for my email address and lets me know that I will be contacted by Apple via email with the unlock information for my iPhone. When it was all said and done, I hung up the phone with Brittany. It was 12.49 p.m., so 49 minutes for that part of the process, which is almost as long as it took me to explain it. So moral of the story, it may take more than one call. Don't let AT&T tell you your phone iPhone 4 is not eligible if you have upgraded to an iPhone 4S and you're in good standings. Um, 
and definitely don't let them transfer you to Apple Customer Care. If they try, insist on talking to a supervisor. That's what the person at Apple told me to tell you. All customer service reps are not created equal, so cross your fingers, hope you get a Brittany and not a Vicky. Now, if you'd like more detailed info on how to unlock your old AT&T iPhone, look for the link in the show notes for episode 220 titled, How to Unlock an AT&T iPhone in Five Steps, and all I can say to you is good luck. Here is an email on the subject. Hi, Rob. AT&T is allowing me to unlock my iPhone. I pay month to month and I bought it used. I'm on 5.0.1 and am a first-time jailbreaker. How can I unlock through iTunes and keep the jailbreak? When is a break going to be available for 5.1? Regards, Justin. Hi, Justin. According to Apple, you must remove the jailbreak to unlock. Well, you must update to iOS 5.1, which right now is the same thing, as there is no jailbreak for iOS 5.1, untethered at least. So first... You update to iOS 5.1, which kills the jailbreak. Then you go and you do the unlock after you get the email from Apple. Then you wait until some future date when the boys on the dev team figure out how the next untethered jailbreak is going to work. When that's going to happen, I'll let you know on the show as soon as I know. We mentioned on the last show that Instagram went over to the dark side with an Android offering and iPhone users were not particularly happy. At least some were not. One thing we did not touch on was the business model for Instagram, which this past weekend they seem to have worked out, at least for the original investors and the 13 employees. And that was to be purchased by Facebook for $1 billion with a B dollars. Um, wow on the evaluation, or valuation I should say. And congrats to all those that are now stupid rich at Instagram. I want to take a minute now to talk about today's sponsor, and that is Hover. If you go to tii.hover.com, that's tii.hover.com, you can get 10% off your domain name registrations and transfers. And actually today I'm going to talk about email. Hover offers up custom emails, which if you're trying to look professional, you at your own domain.com looks much more impressive than your name 85 at gmail.com. And now you can get 25% off your first year registration of email with Hover by using promo code T-I-I mail, that's one word, T-I-I-M-A-I-L, that's T-I-I mail to save 25% off your email with Hover. They have great tutorials on how to set up your custom email for your iOS device, as well as many other tutorials on setting it up the email for other platforms and software. Hover's email offering is everything you would be looking for. Pop and IMAP, webmail, two gig of storage, email forwarding, and wait for it, customer support. Yes, with Hover, you get great customer support, which you don't get with other email offerings out there. And if you already have your domain with Hover, with 25% discount, it's just $15 for your email. And you can do the entire registration and set up from your iPad. So if you are one of those that now use your iPad as your main computer, all can be set up from said iPad. Now is a great time for you to get your own custom email address Again, nothing says professional like your own custom email address. And through the end of April, you can get 25% off that email by using promo code TIIMAIL. Just go to TII.hover.com. Thanks, Hover, for sponsoring this show. Hey, Rob. It's Laura in Nashville. I'm um, catching up on the shows, and I just heard a guy call in about weight loss, and I wanted to throw in my two cents on that. 
Um, recently, everybody in my family has purchased a little dongle called a Fitbit, F-I-T-B-I-T. Uh, it's really cool. It comes with a couple of ways you can clip it on, like an armband and belt clip and whatnot. But really, the thing itself can clip on just to whatever, and that's how I use it. And it monitors how many miles you walk a day, how many steps, how many stairs you go up and down, how many calories you've burned. And you can also, uh, it has an iPhone app that syncs with it. It has a desktop program as well. And you can log in, you know, what you eat, how much water you have. It keeps track kind of your whole total fitness picture. And um, the reason that we all like it, well, two extra reasons is, A, because we can compete with one another. So I can see my mom, my dad, my husband, uh, everybody's stats when I log in and see where I'm ranking amongst them. And we can kind of smack talk each other similar to the Nike Plus thing. Also, it monitors your sleep, which is really intriguing. I don't know how it does it, but it'll tell you, you know, how long it takes you to fall asleep, what time you went to sleep, how long you slept for, how many times throughout the night that you woke up, which for me in the beginning was like 14 times a night or something crazy. And then I started experimenting with different things to help me sleep better, which makes you feel better during the day. So anyway, I just want to throw that out there, Fitbit. You can buy them, Amazon, um, Best Buy has them in the store, uh, a lot of places like that. But I think that's one of the easiest things to track and immediately show stats. Also, wanted to shamelessly self-promote the eyelatch for the treadmill, watching video on a treadmill. That's how my mom uses it. So, you know, I don't know everybody's treadmill, if it'll work, but hopefully. So I just wanted to throw that out there for the guy. And um, thanks a lot. Hope you're doing well. Bye. Hey, Rob, I was just listening to episode 218, and you had a gentleman call in asking about uh, weight weight loss apps. And uh, I'm currently on a little health kick, and I use three different apps that have helped me out a lot, and I use them all uh, conjunction with each other. The first one is called My Fitness Pal, and it's a uh, an app that you can log, uh, keeps track of what you eat and keeps track of your exercise, and it has a really uh, cool tool with it to where you can use the camera to uh, scan um, a UPC code and it'll bring in all of the information from that, uh, the nutritional information from that, uh, from that food. Uh, also, I use uh, an app called RunKeeper to uh, keep track of my runs and my walks. Uh, as well as I'm kind of a gadget geek, so I got a Fitbit and was pleased to find out that the Fitbit will coordinate. I guess it's got an API into my fitness pal, so any uh, exercise or activity that it sees will import into my fitness pal and keeps kind of things synced up. Anyway, great show. I uh, hope these apps help uh, and uh, they've really helped me. I'm down about 10 pounds and I got 15 to go. Talk to you later. Uh, have a good day. Laura and Rick, thanks for your feedback. Into the email bag we go. Hi Rob, if I jailbreak my new iPad, will this void my Apple Care Plus warranty? Regards, Jim N. in East Lansing, Michigan. Hi Jim. should point out right now there is no untethered jailbreak for any iOS device running iOS 5.1, so really no need to worry as you can't jailbreak your new iPad to void the Apple Care Plus warranty. But when you can, yep, you betcha it will void the warranty. That at least is Apple's official stance. In reality, if you jailbreak and have issues, you need to restore to factory settings to get rid of the jailbreak, and then you take it into the Apple Store. At least that is what the blue shirts at Apple Store will tell you. Of course, with SquareTrade, if you get the SquareTrade warranty, you are still covered even if you jailbreak. So you can go to squaretrade.com forward slash TII to get more information and discounts on your warranty. 
But again, officially, yes, if you jailbreak, you do void your Apple Care warranty. At least that's Apple's official stance. Back into the email bag. Hi, Rob. I recently bought the new iPad, iPad 3, with the hopes of using it as my post-PC device, as Tim Cook called it. As I'm sure you're aware, the default text editor file format for Mac is rich text format, uh, .rtf files. As a result, I have over 100 .rtf files currently residing in my three-year-old MacBook. I would very much like to copy these files over to my iPad and be able to edit them on the iPad as needed. However, much to my surprise, I have come to learn that iOS, for some reason, does not support rich text files. Is there an app that would allow me to edit .rtf files? Regards, Andy B. in Santan Valley, Arizona. Hi, Andy. There are many apps on the iPad that will allow you to open up an RTF file. But darn if I could find one that I had that would allow you to edit said file. I tried using Pages, Office Squared HD, Readles Docs, Noitalis, Now I can never say that one, Pro, K-N-O-W-T-I-L-U-S Pro, and a couple of others. And while again, opening it, opening the files was no big issue. Editing it, I could not do. And at that point, I wrote some notes here about, hey, folks, send in some ideas or what apps you use. And then I went back to my email bag to see what the next email is going to read. And kid you not, it was this. Hi, Rob. I have used Quick Office previously, but have been struggling in my decision with which app to purchase to get more function out of the third-gen iPad. I read a quick press release about CloudOn, that's one word, CloudOn, last night, and just downloaded the app. It offers a virtualized Office environment, so you should have access to all of Office's features in Word, Excel, and PowerPoint. The app is free, so I thought you may want to give it a quick mention on your next episode. I cannot give feedback at this time, but may do so after using it a week or so, if none of the other listeners do. Also, I haven't heard many case or smartphone cover reviews for the new iPad. I'm looking for something slim, perhaps even going with just a smart cover for the front and a skin it on the back, but would love any suggestions you or the users have for a versatile, slim, truly minimalist type cover so I can stick it uh, in a keyboard dock with other uh, dock accessories. Regards, Kevin from Minnesota. Hi, Kevin. Thanks for the heads up on CloudOn. Um, a quick thing there um, for the smart covers and that, just look at what people are saying for the iPad 2 because really most of those smart covers are going to work for your iPad 3. All right, now, after I got the email from Kevin, I went and grabbed my wife's iPad back from her after having spent some time, close to an hour, trying to get other apps to open, edit, save, and email an RTF file and I downloaded the free CloudOn app. I then opened and created a free account with them and a free one with Dropbox, all for my wife's iPad, um, and then went to the email and tapped on the RTF file that had emailed over and that had been working with for over an hour. And then it opened and it allowed me to fully edit it. I could then email a copy out um, to my computer and the new version had the edits in place. So Andy, to answer your question, try the new free app CloudOn. It will do what you're looking for. And thanks, Kevin, for the heads up again on that. I always find it funny when I get an email from one listener that answers a question from another listener before they ever even heard that other question. Hey, 
Rob. This is Randy here in Kansas City. I had a question on uh, decision-making on the new iPad. I was one of the uh, early adopters of the first iPad, and when I got that, I got it with the cellular feature mainly for the GPS. Now I have GPS in my vehicle, so I don't really need the, the GPS features in the new iPad. However, my fear is that there will be some cool apps that are going to come out uh, that will utilize GPS or location-based. And I know typically I can get that through the, the wireless. So it'll figure out where I'm at. So when making decisions on getting the new iPad, do you think that it's still a valid reason to go ahead and get the, the 3G version so I'll have true GPS? Or do you think it's going to be uh, it's good enough without the GPS is good enough without the 3G version? Hi, Randy. Per your question... Should you get the iPad with the 3G option or 4G now? If your main determination is because you want something with good GPS, absolutely. I mean, the GPS with the cellular version is going to be so much better than the one with the Wi-Fi. So there's not, it's not even comparable. So if you want accurate GPS information, if you're using your iPad to get you directions from one place to another, absolutely go with the 3G if that's a primary motivation. But you're going to pay more for the, the iPad, and you're going to have to get a data plan. So you're going to need the data plan, so it's going to come down to cost issue and how much you use it. Now, most people probably are not getting their iPad for GPS. Many probably already have an iPhone. But if you plan to use your iPad for GPS, then, yeah, you really have no choice. I think you have to go with the uh, cellular version. Now, one side note on this. For what it would cost you for the difference in the iPad Wi-Fi versus the iPad 3G, not Take the data plan out of this, just the initial buy, $139, $130, whatever it is. You could get a good GPS unit, and you mentioned you have a GPS unit, so I'm really not sure why you're needing your iPad for 3G or GPS if you can go out and get a Garmin or uh, one of these other GPS units, especially a used one uh, that's good enough that will get you your GPS information. So if you want to save money, if it's all about money, then just get a standalone GPS unit. Back into the news, now that the new iPad with the A5X chip is out and the geeks have had the chance to do some benchmark tests, we now know if Phil Schiller was full of it when he said that a A5X chip would smoke the NVIDIA Tegra 3 chip. And well, the results show Phil kind of knew what he was talking about. Um, maybe not Fort X speed, but it definitely a lot faster. And if you like charts with longer and shorter lines and lots of colors, check out the link titled A5X and Tegra 3 Benchmarks in the show notes for episode 220 over todayonios.com. Now, one thing that was not mentioned, however, is that the iPad 2 for sale now actually uses a different chip than the original iPad 2. Yeah, both are called the A5 chip, but the new iPad 2 is using the A5 chip that uses the newer 32 nanometer processing versus the previous 45 nanometer processes used um, that was on the original A5 and still used in the A5X chip. In theory, what the new 32 nanometer process means is a more efficient, less power hungry chip that can run a little faster. So in theory, the new iPad 2, not to be confused with just the new iPad, which is the third gen iPad, anyway, the new iPad 2, which is also referenced as iPad 2, 4, versus the original iPad 2, which was referenced as iPad 2, 1. Well, the iPad 2, 4, in theory, 
should get longer battery life than the iPad 2, 1. Run a little faster on the processor, intensive tasks, again, in theory. Now, I could really geek out about the significance of the 32 nanometer process and potential use in the next iPhone, but then if you were, you know, driving a vehicle, you would probably have to pull over as it's not safe to drive when drowsy. So for those of you that actually are interested in this, I have a few links in the show notes on this. Go to todayinios.com and look for episode 220, or if you have the TI app, look for the extra section for episode 220 and look for the link list there. Take this next one for what it's worth, and really it's not worth a whole bunch given that the source is 9to5Mac, and they're reporting on a quote, leaked, unquote, AppleCare document with regards to Wi-Fi issues with the new iPad. Some are making this out to be a major issue, saying hundreds have the problem. But hundreds with a Wi-Fi issue is still a very, very small percentage compared to the millions that have the new iPad. Personally, I have not seen any Wi-Fi issues with my iPad, and I don't recall seeing any emails or voicemails from any listeners that have had issues with Wi-Fi. Typically, for any widespread issue, a few, if not more, report about said issue. Obviously, if you are someone where you are getting slow or no Wi-Fi performance, where your other iOS devices or Apple products have great um, Wi-Fi and no issues, then best to bring said iPad to your local Apple store, explain the issue, and chances are they will just swap it out on the spot. FYI, uh, the quote, leaked, unquote, Apple Doc had the heading of issue slash investigation in progress. So even if it is a real doc, it still looks like even Apple is not sure if it's a problem, or at least a widespread problem, which does not sound like, obviously, something that's hitting too many people. Kickstarter is such a cool place to find neat and new and interesting gadgets or potential gadgets for your iOS device. This week, I saw another cool device, and it's a watch called the Pebble ePaper Watch. What does that have to do with iOS devices, you may ask? Well, this watch connects to your iPhone via Bluetooth. They have a video that shows many of the uses, such as for those that are running or cycling. It will display GPS info and distance info. Plus, uh, you can get email messages and caller ID info. So if you have your iPhone well secured and not easily uh, available to view the screen, say you've got it on a mount on your, on your arm or on your back, uh, this puts some of the info uh, in easy reach. All you have to do is look down at your watch. Uh, you can use it to control the playback of audio, such as podcasts via the watch. And you can load in different watch faces. There is also an SDK available to make it such that your app, if you're an app developer, will work with the Pebble Watch. Of course, I am not the only one that thinks this is cool product, as they already had over 3,500 backers. And that was on Wednesday, just a few hours after they launched it. Their goal was $100,000. They blew way past that as of Wednesday of this week. They were almost at 500000 and that was on Wednesday evening, and had 37 days to go. I would be really surprised here if they don't set a new Kickstarter record for this one, maybe even get to the $2 million mark. Regardless of their final total, they are already past their goal, and this product will come to be. And yes, I have already put in a request to our devs to look at their SDK to see if we can get it to add in support for their watch to the TI app. Hopefully we can get that added sometime in the future. I guess I should now mention the pricing. 
it is $115 for the black version and $125 for the choice of white, cherry, red, or whatever the voters choose for the fourth color. Okay, I mentioned above they were at $500K and $500,000 in pledges. That was just hours after they launched. Now, a day and four hours later, they are over 1 million. And actually, while I'm recording this, they are over 1.5 million and quickly on their way to over 2 million. And that's probably be where they're at by the time you hear this episode, uh, if not much, much higher than that. They likely will be the biggest Kickstarter project ever. Winner. Congrats, guys. Rob, this is Bob down in Spartanburg, South Carolina. I've been a long-time listener. I was just wondering about your, your new version of your app. It seems that when I'm listening and I stop listening and uh, come back to it later, the, uh, it is starting over again. It used to keep its place. Uh, any ideas on what's causing that? I'd be glad to know. Take care. Hi, Bob. Thanks for the feedback. And what was causing that is called a B-U-G. I think that's pronounced bug. And that bug was actually squashed. And there was a new version that went live on April 8th. So please update your TII app to the version that was released on April 8th. I think that's version 1.115.1. Make sure you're updated to the latest version. And that will go ahead and take care of that issue where it wasn't saving where you last left off. And sorry about that, folks. I also want to send a thanks out to Matt in Ohio, who sent in the heads up on the iTunes gift cards that were on sale at Best Buy, 20% off last week. So at bestbuy.com, you could save 20% on your iTunes gift card buys. That was a one-day only sale, and I sent out a push on that. So if you have the TI app, um, which sounds like quite a few of you took advantage of that offer, um, then you were able to get a pretty good deal. So for all of you that did, you just paid for the $2.99 of the TII app. For those of you without the app, see what you're missing. Timely pushes like that, which can save you money. Greenbacks, moolah. Just search for TII in the App Store, $2.99, and you'll be able to get timely pushes like that, and also push whenever a new episode goes out. A quick correction. On the last show, I told a caller that he could not take the SIM card from the iPhone 3GS on AT&T and use it in their new Verizon 3rd Gen iPad because a SIM card would not fit. Well, Kevin Barry pointed out that is what SIM card cutters are for. You can take a regular SIM card and cut it down into the correct size for the iPad and then take and put that back in an adapter and use it in your iPhone 3GS again. So thanks, Barry, for pointing out the error of my ways or comments. Into the email bag we go. Hey Rob, in episode 218, there was a listener who was looking for an app that can contain guitar tabs and lyrics. I just downloaded Soundbook Chord Pro based on a review from the folks at geekbeat.tv. I haven't used it much, but plan to once I find myself some free time. Regards, Mike from Richmond. Thanks, Mike, and I guess uh, thanks, Callie, as well, for the heads up on that one. Back to the email bag. Hello, Rob. The listener who had issue where the screen was not scaling properly on their new iPad may have apps created in Corona SDK that was not updated. Corona SDK is a tool for creating apps in iOS and Android devices. We used it here at Eggroll Games and ran into this issue. Anska Mobile, creators of Corona SDK, quickly corrected the issue and it can be fixed simply by recompiling the app with the latest Corona SDK build. When this happens, the screen looks as if it's stretched so large that you see only a quarter of the actual app, which is 
by the way, what it looked like in the screenshot she sent. The best thing users can do if they encounter the bug is to contact the app developer and let them know it doesn't work on their new iPad. The update does, however, require that iOS 4.3 or older devices be used, uh, or newer devices, I guess, iOS 4.3 or newer, are used, and anything older than that is left out, unfortunately. Regards, Blake. Well, thanks, Blake, for the heads up. So if you're seeing that issue, it is not something wrong with your iPad. It's something wrong with the app on your iPad. Hey, Rob. This is Paul in Lawrenceville. I was listening to episode 219, and I heard Laura from Nashville ask about uh, waterproof or water-resistant cases for her iPhone. This may sound strange, but if you're not going to be going very deep, say you're around the swimming pool or 10-foot snorkeling, a Ziploc bag actually works wonders. The snack size Ziploc. Not the one with the zipper, but the one that you press and seal the two seams together. You still have access to all your buttons. Touch still works. And uh, even if you don't need the waterproof capability on a windy day, it helps cut down the wind noise when you're taking videos outdoors. So it can be used a couple of ways. I know that's not the kind of solution Laura's looking for, but it's something to consider to always have available in case it starts raining and you're outside and you want to take pictures or videos or just listening to your iPhone. A uh, Ziploc bag is an easy accessory to always carry in your pocket. Okay, quick rumor recap. First up, there were rumors that the iPhone 2012 would be launching in June, which seemed like total BS. And now comes word that one Foxconn executive, probably now a former Foxconn executive, said that Apple just gave them an order for the next iPhone with delivery in the October timeframe. So that makes a lot of sense. And goes along with other rumors out of Korea. Seems uh, if a rumor comes out of Asia and is from Taiwan, pretty much going to be BS. And if it's from Korea, lately it's tending to be a little bit more accurate. The other rumors uh, around the iPhone 2012 really seem more like speculation and guesswork or sometimes with common sense, with some guessing that the next iPhone will stay in the same package as the iPhone 4 and 4S, but support obviously LTE and the A5X processor. Others are saying it will be a 4-inch screen and have a sleeker design, whatever sleeker means, and of course would be LTE. And finally, why I'm even talking about the rumors is that the next iPod Touch may be closer than we thought with a June launch. So maybe that's what's launching in June. And sporting the same processor we mentioned before, the new A5 that the new iPad 2 is using with the 32 nanometer processing. Uh, the iPod Touch really needs an update, uh, so this is not really surprising, nor would be moving its launch to the June timeframe uh, to get it away from the iPhone launch in the fall timeframe. Apparently, there is even some code in iOS 5.1 that indicates a new iPod 5,1 versus the current iPod Touch that shows up as iPod 4,1 in the code. So it looks like the code is getting ready for the next iPod Touch, that is. Obviously, an update to the faster A5 processor is really overdue for the iPod Touch since that's still using the A4 and will make gameplay much better for the iPod Touch users, where gameplay is a big part of the use case for the iPod Touch. This next one, when I saw the title of it on the newsfeed, I thought, what is this, leftover from April 1st? But nope, it's real. And it's about a free app called Dream Colon On. And that's actually the colon symbol, not the colon as part of your anatomy. 
which we wouldn't be talking about if that was the case. Anyway, Dream colon on, or let's just call it Dream on. What this app is supposed to do is influence your dreams. Okay, yes, that sounds a little clockwork orange-ish, but this is supposed to be a positive influence. It is supposed to work by setting the time you want to wake up and then about 20, by you setting the time you want to wake up, and then about 20 minutes before, it monitors the background noise and tells you when you enter or can tell when you enter REM sleep, and then it plays some peaceful music. Okay, now it's actually kind of sounding a little bit more like Inception when I really think about it. One of the things that I should note is they say in the description is, quote, Before use, please read the important notes below and then read them again, unquote. Okay, that's a little freaky. How this works is you are supposed to keep your iOS device plugged in and leave the app running in the foreground. Then you place the device on your bed close to your head but it will not work on a memory foam mattress. The one thing I would be concerned about here is getting that cord wrapped, oh, you know, around your neck or so. I could just see my dream now. I'm in this peaceful, coy garden, enjoying the sweet background music, when all of a sudden a giant python wraps around my neck, strangling me as I'm struggling to remove it. The alarm finally goes off. I wake up screaming. Yeah, can't wait to try this one out. They do say it is optimized for solo sleepers, and no, they do not have an option for a Tabitha Stevens dream sequence. Not yet, at least. Into the email bag. Hi, Rob. On show number 219, Levi was looking for an app to track his car's maintenance. The app I use is GasCubby. Here is a list of the features. Tracks gas mileage and vehicle maintenance, online sync, charts, miles per gallon, stats, gas price, gas expenses, service expenses, customizable service reminders, Supports multiple vehicles, stores vehicle data, VIN numbers, and license plate, etc. Excel compatible email reports, uh, CSV attachments. International units, uh, so it can do mile per gallon in the U.S., mile per gallon in Canada, mile per gallon in U.K., MPG, Imperial, well, yada, yada, yada. Uh, Gas Cubby is also available as a free sponsored app called Gas Cubby Free. Regards, Brian. Hi, Rob. This is Brian from Dubuque, Iowa. Hey, I wanted to uh, answer a question that a gentleman answered on your show about a, uh app for service and maintenance and miles per gallon um, f- tracking for your vehicles. I use an app named Road Trip, two words, and uh, I love it. I've tried so many different apps in the App Store when I first got my iPhone and definitely found the Road Trip app to be my personal favorite. Uh, the pay- There's a free version and a paid version. I believe the only difference is the paid version you can track multiple vehicles rather than just a single vehicle. Uh, it tracks your mileage per fill-up. It even allows you to do partial fill-ups and then we'll track the mileage based on the next time you do hit a full fill-up and uh, then we'll average it out based on all the miles and, uh, gal- or, you know, amount of fuel you placed into your vehicle when you did partials. Um, you can also track oil changes, air filter changes, everything. Um, you can do custom uh, alerts to alert you to say, I, I changed the oil now, and you put in your mileage and the date. And then you can also set that to set an alert at whatever, three months out or 3,000 miles or whatever you do, 5,000, 7,000 miles, whatever you do on your particular vehicle. Same with oil filters. Same with brake pad. You can do you can do set alerts for everything within the app itself, and it works very well. It does give you the alert and everything like that, and I really like to use it. It it keeps me on my 
uh, on my toes and makes sure that I understand uh, I keep the maintenance schedule record on my vehicle and also has description uh, sections within it as well so anything any maintenance you do you can put in like when I, d I change my brake pads in my van I put in the actual model for number for the brake pads so I could keep track of all the specific part numbers and stuff I have in my vehicle and then also whenever you do a, fill a fuel fill up you can GPS tag the location where you filled up and then put the name of the station and what card you used even you could there's a whole bunch of different options in it and it works really well and it's really fast to enter in the data too so I really like it and uh, I actually liked it so much that I did a YouTube video review on it for my app gooch channel and if you want to check that out you can just go to youtube.com slash appgooch that's a-p-p-g-o-o-c-h and uh, you can uh, take a peek at it there and uh, by, I'm no means a professional but uh, I like to give my uh, recommendations for apps and other things that I really enjoy so love the show and I hope that helps out the gentleman for the maintenance app so again thanks this is Brian from Dubuque saying thanks again Hey Rob, this is Brian from Dubuque again. Hey, also, uh, I forgot to even plug my website, appgooch.com, A-P-P-G-O-O-C-H.com. It goes along with my YouTube channel. It's just where I do typically uh, add-on uh, written reviews as well on the on my video reviews. So if uh, there's more information on that road trip app there as well, so just uh, direct the person to go there or anybody else that's interested in uh, that, uh, that app review or more app reviews, or I have a lot of tech reviews too. So uh, again, that's appgooch.com. Thanks a lot. Hey Rob, this is Don from Gunnersville, Alabama. Um, last week, uh, Levi from California had a request for a app for maintenance on his vehicles and different stuff. And I've used Gas Cubby for quite a while. That's G-A-S-C-U-B-B-Y, two words. And you can record all your fill-ups, you know, what octane you put in, the number of gallons, the price, what station you filled up at mileage you know with all the obvious stuff it's got a notes field for each entry and it's also got the service entries that you can do you can uh you know record the cost of if you take it somewhere to have an oil change you can record the cost of that you know the location you took it to and you can create any type of service you want you know i think it comes with some basic stuff like oil change rotate the tires but you know if you've got some you know, say you had to change the alternator, you can create an alternator change service item so that the next time, like on another vehicle, if you have an alternator, you can select it from the list rather than creating it again. You can create, um, say you want to change your oil over 5,000 miles, you just denote that when you create that service item. And as you put in your fill-ups and record your mileage, it figures out when you're getting close to an oil change and will give you a pop-up for that type of thing stuff. But it's a pretty good app. I like it. You can export to uh, Excel or a comma-separated file or some things like that, I believe, if you ever wanted to analyze the data with a spreadsheet or something. And price-wise, I think it's $4.99. I'm not really sure. But uh, it's a real good app, and I highly recommend it. Thanks for what you do. We'll talk to you later. Hey Rob, it's Don from Gunnersville again. On that uh, Gas Cubby app, one very important thing I forgot to mention is it syncs to the web. And like, uh, well, like with my spouse, when she fills up, she puts the stuff in, she hits the sync button, and it goes up to the web, which you can get the information off the web too, but it'll also sync back down to my phone and vice versa. But that's a pretty important feature that I left out. Just wanted to mention that. Talk to you later. And I want to thank everyone else that replied on that subject matter. How to 
quite a few other people that sent in uh, responses. It seems like most people were recommending Gas Cubby. So uh, there you go, Levi. Check out Gas Cubby and also Road Trip. Another email? Hi, Rob. Instead of a money clip, I used a candy shell card from Spec. I can't even begin to guess how many comments, all positive, I've gotten on this case. Just an awesome and useful case. Regards, Luke. And this case, by the way, folks, has a place where you can put your driver's license and some money uh, in between basically the back of the iPhone and the, the case. So again, that's the candy shell card from Spec. One more email here. Hey, Rob. I was singing my 32 gig iPhone this morning and noticed I have only 4 gig of music and just 3 gig of photos and video, but 17 gig of apps. I was wondering what the memory distribution was for other TIL listeners. Regards, Michael from Richmond. Well, Michael, we'll have to see what people say. You can either call in 206-666-6364, that's 206-MOON-DOG, or send an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Thanks to Richard H. for the heads up on this next one, which is a story about the four major carriers in the U.S. getting together to create a database to track and block stolen phones. The idea here is pretty simple. If a stolen phone, iPhone, for example, is no longer able to work on any network, it is not as valuable to the end users, and then the crooks will most likely stop stealing them, or at least steal them less often. Eventually, when this database is complete, then other regional carriers would also have access to it and be able to block stolen phones as well. Today, only Verizon and Sprint block phones that are reported stolen. Huh? This, to me, seems like it is something that should have been in place a while ago, but I guess better late than never. Anyway, there's some lawsuits going on by people against AT&T because they don't block stolen iPhones, which... Again, to me, I just can't fathom why AT&T isn't blocking stolen iPhones if Verizon and Sprint are already doing that. Into the email bag we go. Hi, Rob. I wanted to mention this site, cydiapp.com slash index.php. So that's c-y-d-i-a-p-p.com slash index.php. This tells you all the latest Cydia apps and handy iPhone screen to see what the mods or themes will look like when you select them from the list. Waiting for the new tweak called apt date that will give you Cydia push notifications on new mods and updates that you have installed. Regards, Chris in London. Back into the email bag and actually a couple more emails here from Chris. Hey Rob, a handy Cydia tweak is XCON, X-C-O-N. I'm finding more apps lately are doing a jailbreak check or detection before allowing use. For instance, SkyGo TV, a satellite TV service in the UK, watches, you can watch all TV channels on your iPhone. It was checking and denied me access. A pop-up uh, said it had jailbreak notification, uh, so it wouldn't allow me to use it. So I installed XCon. Works with most all App Store apps. Uh, the developer will patch when new ones uh, with a new one as they are reported to him. Works like a charm. My SkyGo now works. It's free, although the developer does like donations. Regards, Chris in London. And then another email from Chris, and he writes, Hi, Rob. Long time awaited for this one. It's Curioso, C-U-R-I-O-S-A, and it's a city app notification of your loaded apps and mods, new ones and updates based on keywords, and sets how often you want 
updates checked in the settings. Again, the name of that is Curioso, C-U-R-I-O-S-A. Regards, Chris in London. Back into the email bag. Hi, Rob. Greetings from Southwest Ohio. I am looking for an iPad app that works similar to sites like Shutterfly.com to create my own printed coffee book table book. I have found many apps that will create a photo book to save on your iPad, but I would really like to use uh, one with my iPad to make my own nice hardcover coffee tabletop book. Thanks for the help, Howard. I then mentioned to Howard that you could create a book with iPhoto on the Mac, but that looks like it is not a feature that has made its way to the iPad yet. And I'll have to say yet. Hopefully that will make its way there in the future. But in the meantime, if anyone knows of an app that allows you to create and order a printed book from your photos right from your iPad, please let us know. 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Or you can send an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Hi, Rob. It's uh, Steve from Arizona. Stuck in 5 o'clock traffic here in the, in the Valley of the Sun. Just wanted to give you my experience with my new iPad and what I ended up doing, what the Apple Store ended up doing for me. Basically, my iPad that I got the day after uh, the launch at the store uh, worked fine. However, I noticed that there was a yellowish tinge at different parts of the screen, particularly at the top left. Now, that happens to be often where my eye goes. And I waited a few weeks hoping it was the glue situation, and it did not go away. I made an appointment a couple days ago, uh, actually the day before Easter, so it was Bob, to see the genius at the uh, local Apple store. And he took a look at it and said, you know, it's the glue. He said 90% of the iPads, um, the new iPads coming, have this glue issue where it takes between two to four weeks for it to cure, so to speak, and for the yellow to go away. It took me 40 minutes after my appointment to get to see the genius. So he said to me, what do, do I, what do I want to do? Do I want to keep it and wait a week or so, and it supposedly will clear, which I guess I believe, or I can get a new iPad? So I said, well, I really don't want to wait in line for another 40 minutes, even though I had an appointment, so I'll take the new iPad. So he said, we generally don't do that. But he came out, pulled out a, a new iPad, not refurbished, 32 gig white, handed it to me, and I took it home, got everything on it. Yes, it has the yellow on it. Uh, but, however, it's in a location that doesn't seem to bother my eyes as much as where it was before. So I guess the moral of the story is, A, most iPads uh, that are being shipped have this yellow on it. If you want to see your yellow, go to like Safari with no, you know, just the blank Safari page and look at the white, you'll see yellow on most iPads. And secondly, um, if you have that yellow, which you said 90% of people do, it should be gone within two to four weeks. So hopefully anyone else having this, uh, hopefully not as bothered by it as I was, will be able to wait through the review period, you know, the four-week period. But the good news is if they can't make it through that period, Apple will stand behind it and switch it out for you. Anyway, thought I'd tell you my story. Thanks for all you do, Rob, and talk to you later. Bye-bye. Hey, Rob. Good day. It's Jonathan calling from Colorado. I have an interesting situation that I'm hoping that you or your listeners may be able to help me with. I 
am working in an office with a Wi-Fi network. And I am unable to get my iPhone 4S to attach to the Wi-Fi network in my office. There are two other iDevices in the office. I actually have another iPhone 4S with Verizon. So I have one Verizon and one AT&T. There's another person in the office with a 4S. None of those three phones are able to connect to the Wi-Fi network. However, another colleague in the office has an Android device as well as a Windows laptop, and he's able to connect to the Wi-Fi without problem. I have done a bunch of troubleshooting with Apple as well as with the manufacturer of the Wi-Fi router. All software, all firmware is completely up to date. We have done reboots and tried different things. I even tried connecting an Apple Airport Extreme to the Wi-Fi device via Ethernet and tried to attach to the Airport Extreme and I wasn't able to get the Airport Extreme to talk to the Wi-Fi device. Um, it should also be noted that all these devices are able to connect to a Wi-Fi device outside of the office. So I'm just wondering what the heck is going on and what is it about this this um, this Wi-Fi network that is preventing us from attaching our iOS devices to it and why non-iOS devices are able to attach to it. And I wanted to see if anybody else has had that same situation. So thanks a lot. Love your show. And we'll catch you later. Bye. Jonathan, to say I have no clue is putting it mildly. But if anyone else out there has an idea of what's going on with Jonathan's situation, why his iOS devices are not connecting to Wi-Fi, but Android devices are, please give us a call, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Or send an email to todayinios at gmail.com. I want to thank today's sponsor, and that is Hover. If you go to tii.hover.com, that's tii.hover.com, you can save 10% on your domain name registrations. If you already have a domain name registration with Hover, and you want to get a custom email, you can save 25% on that yearly setup for the custom email by using the promo code TIIMAIL. That's T-I-I-M-A-I-L. Again, save 25% through the end of April when you sign up for a custom email account with Hover. As always, if you have any tips, tricks, comments, questions, rants, raves, whatever, give us a call, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG or send an email to us at todayinios at gmail.com. Until the next time, I'm your host Rob from Today in iOS, reminding you to phone different. This show is hosted on Libsyn.com and part of the Wizard Media Network. If you are looking for hosting, go to Libsyn.com, that's L-I-B-S-Y-N.com, for hosting for your podcast and for creation of your own smartphone app. The Today in iOS podcast can also be found on the free Stitcher radio app. Just search for T-I-I.